today's topic, we will be talking about team voting as it relates to our military community. With us today, we have Sarah Strider. She's the 2022 Armed Forces Insurance Space Force Spouse of the Year. Ooh, that was a lot to say. (laughs) (laughs) She's the Executive Director at Secure Families Initiative and an expecting mother of a new bundle of joy coming soon. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much, Yes, welcome. Yes. So to begin, obviously to stick with our topic today, Along with, I got just a few little icebreaker fun questions for you. Well, maybe not all of them, but we'll see. <laughs> so, have you ever seen the movie Napoleon Dynamite? Yes, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So, um, obviously, you know that during the obviously during the movie, he is uh, trying to support his friend Pedro to win the class president, and so to help him get over the barrier, he jumps on stage and he does a crazy you know, cool dance routine to get Pedro to win. I want to know, how far would Sarah go? What's the cra- most crazy thing you would do for a friend <laughs> to help them win an election? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I can guarantee if I did hop on a stage to dance, it would be 10 times as cringy and not nearly <laughs> as well rehearsed. <laughs> Oh man, I would definitely, I would gladly sport whatever t-shirt, hat, fanny pack, whatever paraphernalia his or her campaign had going. I would, I would gladly sport it no matter how dorky it made me look. Um, (laughs) I think I would spare the world any singing and dancing, um, but I have been known to make many a phone call for a candidate I believed in. I've got, I think I've got a selfie of myself making phone calls in a closet outside an event that I was waiting to start because I wanted oh, to get a few wow. more calls in before it wow. started. So, you know, I've got, I've got a good rep in that. In that <laughs> okay. Okay. So next question. So can we expect to see, well, is there any office you would ever like to run for? I feel like that. Mm. Oh, I thought about it on and off. I think it's hard when you're a military spouse, right? Moving around a lot. It's uh, you get so invested in a community and you start to picture yourself plugging in and then you move. Uh, and so I don't, I don't actually know if this will ever be part of my journey, part of my future, but I've always thought I like the state level, like state rep, for example. I think that's like a sweet spot where it's not so local that people, I mean, people really care about their potholes, right? So it's not that local yes. that people are like up in my business, know where I live. Right. right. But it's also not, I mean, Congress is a mess. So let's be real. So I think state like <laughs> this perfect, like no one really knows what their state rep does, but it's got so much influence. You can actually make change way more than you can at the federal level. And so I don't know, maybe someday check in with me in like 10, 20 years. Okay. <laughs> yes. And then we can say, hey, well, she was on our podcast. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, if you had to vote a cartoon character for president, who would it be? Oh, I want to give this one thought. I want to think it. So embarrassing. I haven't watched cartoons in a long time. <laughs> well, you better get ready. <laughs> right? 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 Listen, just Coco say no to Coco Melon. Say no to Coco Melon. <laughs> what about the, um, is it Bluey is one of the Lippy. shows? Oh, oh Bluey? I, yeah. It's like Australian or something. Is that the little, um, the dog? Is it a dog? Yeah. All I know is, is that the audio shows up on my TikTok feed a lot. So I think I know like this tune. <laughs> <laughs> my, son, my son loves Bluey. We actually had a Bluey, Bluey, 
birthday, his last birthday. Aw, sweet. I would, okay, wait, wait, I've got an answer though. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) they've got like a show now, it's like Daniel the Tiger, where it's a revamp of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I yes. think any cartoon character that's even close to the goodness of Mr. Rogers in their heart, Aww. I think that would be a good person to vote for. That's sweet. Yeah. That's sweet, Thanks. Daniel. Okay. And I have to actually go watch that because I don't, I don't think I've watched that before. But that's the one with the red sweater. He has a red. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think I know what you're talking about. All right. So right now, President Biden comes and says, "Sarah, you can create any law." that you want but it has to be a law that a kid could enjoy as well not just adults what law do you make mm. man this is gonna show how out of touch I am with kid stuff and how much I've gotta learn right before it's <laughs> no but okay I think we need we just need to accept that school times should not start as early as they do right like we've got some kids, especially like high schoolers that are being asked to start school at like seven in the morning, right? And it's a it's a vestige of outdated uh, schedules. Uh, anyway, I, the brain's not working that early in the morning. So I think school time starts at like 10. They get nap time from 12 to two. I don't think you should age out of nap time. <laughs> and then they come back in the end. I just think we need to readjust our school schedules to better fit, first of all, working hours of parents so we can better make the whole, you know, childcare situation better. Um, but also just for kid development. I think there's many a high schooler that would get behind that initiative. Definitely the nap yeah. time. <laughs> <And> snacks, <laughs> mandatory snacks. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> Good snacks too. Good snacks. Not no. <laughs> oh man. Cantaloupe. Anyway. Um, that was so specific. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I had some preschool horror days. I cannot. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm not a cantaloupe fan. I may be alone in that. But, yeah. I, I mean, I don't have a vendetta against it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some gr- good um, icebreaker questions, Candace. You try to try to keep it with the theme. Okay. <laughs> so, Sarah. So, um, let's go ahead and dive in and tell our listeners more about who you are and what you do and um, what um, SFI stand for. Yeah. Well, you mentioned a lot about me already. Active duty Space Force spouse, soon to be first time kid parent. Although I am already a dog parent. And parent to many plants since COVID started. <laughs> uh, I do lead Secure Families Initiative. We're a nonpartisan group of military partners and family members who believe in the importance of voting and advocacy. Uh, and we especially believe that it's important for military family members like us to be advocates on national security issues because that stuff might feel far away to a lot of people, but it hits us directly at home. So you might see us out there when there are current events on whether it's the withdrawal from Afghanistan or the troop surge related to Ukraine, where you're going to be out there on the social media helping explain what's going on and connect it for folks so that they can get more engaged in those conversations. Okay. And then um, tell us more about um, the background that you know for in regards to voting policies and as it relates to the military. Yeah. Uh, well, I know firsthand when you're an active duty spouse, especially, uh, or service member or kid turning 18 and voting for the first time, 
Knowing where and how to vote is not straightforward. You've got to figure out, first of all, where are you a quote resident of? Because we all know that might not be where your current mailing address is. Uh, and then depending on where you're a resident, you're either local or you're a far away voter and that requires different forms and geez, it can feel really complicated. And it's not usually one of those things that the DOD is really good about explaining upfront, either when you join or when you PCS. It's not on any of those checklists or onboarding packets. So SFI decided, okay, we'll do all the reading, we'll figure out all the rules, we'll go on all the government websites and get the down low. And then we're gonna package it up in a way that's a lot more approachable uh, for folks so that we can all be more informed and engaged voters. And we don't opt out of the process because we get intimidated. Um, and this year we decided to make military teens a special focus for that outreach, which is what we're gonna talk about. Can you give a little bit more detail about how that initiative began specifically with focusing on, you know, first time voters or military team voters? Yeah. It all started at a coffee shop, like many good ideas begin. <laughs> I was talking to a military spouse and a mom of a 20-year-old, and she told me about how her daughter, who was 20, uh, was one of those super plugged-in kids, right? Reads the news a lot, was excited to finally be able to vote. This was back in 2020 when she turned 18. And even though she had done all the research about voting and candidates and stuff, she still had like some pretty basic questions. So for example, one question she had was, will my ballot still get counted even if I skip voting for some of the like local elections on my ballot? Like, do I need to vote for everything on the ballot for it to count or can I skip a couple? And questions like that are totally understandable if you've never voted before and you're new. But you know, someone like me has been voting for a little bit of time now, I might not think of that as a question someone might be having or a question that might be getting in the way of someone trying to vote. So after that coffee, I was determined, like I wanted to figure out a way to expand my organization's voting outreach specifically to address questions that young first time voters might have, especially tapping into peer to peer support models, because if I'm not thinking of that question, maybe a 19 or a 20 year old is going to think about it and they can pass right. it along to the kids coming behind them, right? Excuse me, young adults coming behind them. <laughs> so a few months later, we found a partner organization, uh, the National Military Family Association, NMFA, uh, and together we made it happen. Awesome. What would you say is the number one barrier for first time military teen voters? If you're someone who's already willing to vote, the biggest barrier is the residency questions. I've been moving around all my life. My parent has a voting residency in one place, but we live in a different place. Maybe I'm going to college this fall where I'm going to get a third place. Where on earth am I supposed to be voting? That's the big barrier for most folks. Um, the short answer to that question, by the way, is you kind of get to choose, but definitely read the details on our website uh, before you pick your residency address. We've got a, a couple more tips on there. But you know, not everyone is already keen to vote. And so I would say for the unwilling, the biggest barrier is answering the question, will my vote actually make a difference? Like, is it worth going through all these hoops? Surely my one vote isn't gonna make a difference. And I get that. Not many elections come down to a single vote, although there are those crazy stories out there, right? There was a state election in Virginia that came down to pulling a name out of a hat. You know, it happens, but... <laughs> Regardless of those, you know, once in a lifetime times, every time you vote, you do make a difference because you create a voting record for yourself. So being an active voter, 
makes it way more likely that candidates who run for office will reach out to you and try to earn your vote. I know this firsthand because I was a campaign manager once upon a time when my family was stationed in Nebraska back in 2018. And I remember in that experience, I learned that the average age of people living in our district was like 35. But the average age of people who voted in our district was 55. And you better believe that that 20 year age gap made a huge difference in which issues my candidate decided to prioritize and how he reached out to voters. So when you create a consistent voting record for yourself and for your district, you influence who decides to run for office and what they decide to care about once they're in office. And that matters every single time. That does, you know, that's something I, I didn't, I've never thought about it like that. Cause you know, I have, I've had conversations where, you know, I'm trying to persuade somebody to get out there and vote. So I need to record this to get, to, to have this. I mean, Candace, a, it is recording. <laughs> no, but on, on, my phone, <laughs> but on my phone, on my phone. So I can be like, nope, just listen to this really quick. I, I, right. I got something for you, but seriously, like I, to break it down like that, like it, it does matter because like you said, if, if they're trying to target you, then they're going to try to listen more to you about what, what it is that you're, that's, that's important to you. And right. that's how you get hurt. So that's yeah. perfect. Um, so kind of going back to the, the first time voters, do, would you say like they're, or first time military team voters, when they're, is there, uh, a, do you, do you see a difference between, um, military teams voting for the first time versus like I guess you could say regular civilians voting for the first time. Is there a big discrepancy or anything like that? Or So I wish we had a single data point for how many military teens voted, but we don't have that piece of statistic, but we have two pieces that I can put together for you. So I do know that only half, only half of all eligible young voters voted in 2020. Now that's up 11% since the election before that, so it's good, but that means that there are half of young voters who could be voting who don't end up voting. Now that's that's all young voters, right? Gotcha, gotcha. On the military side of things, what we know is that there's a 27% lower voter participation rate among military members compared to civilians. So if you put these two things together, military teens, right? We expect that they are not fully represented at the ballot box because we know that both teen voters and military voters independently don't end up showing up um, in, in the highest numbers that they could. Now, I know it's also important to, to take a look beyond just like general voters and, and think about different racial and ethnic groups within uh, our country. And so in terms of racial representation, white youth voters had a higher voter turnout than non-white youth voters in 2020. So 61% of white youth compare, uh, voted compared to 47% of Asian, 48% of Latino, and 43% of Black youth voters. Now, I especially want to emphasize that last one. The percentage of Black youth voters in 2020 is really important for us to know about because historically, that group of voters, it used to rank second in terms of uh, uh, racial groups within the youth vote count. So it used to be white youth voters, then black youth voters, then Asian and Latino, but they've gone down to fourth. And that group also had, each group had some increase in voters in 2020, but that group had the lowest increase. 
So I think it's especially important to keep in mind our Black youth voters this election this time around, because there's something happening there that deserves our attention. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. You answered my next question because I was going to ask, like, on that number, like, um, so thank you. No, that's no, you're totally fine. Um, wow, that is that is key information to know. Um, it's sadly, it's, sadly it's, not surprising. I mean, I mean, mm, to be yeah. just to be honest, you know, um, that's why even going back to what I was saying before about having conversations with people with trying to have them understand why it is important to get out there. I mean, I I go back to that going um 2008 right i mean i just remember the when i was on campus the the environment of trying to get college voters out there was like enormous it was a big deal you know so i don't i don't know obviously i'm this is not my um uh field i guess but it's definitely important to to try to get young voters in general but also african-americans to realize the importance of voting and get back out there as well because that's it's like i said it's a sad thing to see that like the decline that you just mentioned over the years and hey if i if i can just add obviously a huge part of it can be voter enthusiasm or lack thereof feeling like are there candidates there that speak to my issues or do I feel the elections rigged? I mean, some of that, it definitely is, it's that voter, voter enthusiasm. But I mean, we can't ignore policies that also have a disproportionate impact on who gets to easily ex- access the ballot box that we all have equal rights to, but we don't have equal right. access to. And so, you know, just as we need to be doing what we can to get folks we know in our networks to do their part in getting out to vote, at the same time, we can't let go of the throttle trying to make sure that our state election officials in Congress um, is held accountable for um, putting up barriers to democracy that shouldn't be there. Now, I think that it's, it has a lot to do with, you know, like, well, especially with um, with this generation growing up, they see everything that's going on in the world. And it's just like, well, if I vote, if I don't, you know, like. For especially for the black community, it's almost as if like, well, will my vote even make a difference? Mm-hmm. Um, so, as you said, there is a lot of still a lot that needs to be done. Um, but what is some advice you can give to those afraid to vote, or even to the parents to help close this gap? I was thinking about this, and it, it made me think of one of the affirmations that you close every episode with. I have the power to create the life I desire. That is such a powerful message. And voting is one great way to do just that, to to actualize a manifestation like that, right? When you're connected to the military, especially, you don't have a lot of control of your life. And we also, I should say, don't always feel comfortable being as, let's say, politically opinionated as we might want to. Um, Even though we can, we don't always think we can. Uh, But voting, oh my gosh, first of all, that is the time that you do get to use your voice and your opinion, and you do get to have a say over what happens around you. And so I would hope that that would be especially empowering, whether you're a military teen or a military spouse or a military service member. Um, But if you don't mind, can I turn it back to you two? Because I know y'all have kids, so you've probably thought about the future of them as voters. What, uh, what have you seen when you think about talking to your kids about voting and 
either what does or doesn't resonate with them. Because y'all are kind of the subject matter experts in that part of the. Oh, she know. But as on the spot, yeah, she Shannon. did. She did. Oh, and now, now I'm honestly, I've, I don't, I'm trying to think if I had any conversations. I mean, I know during um, when like during presidential presidential elections, sorry, we may have discussions about different things, but I don't think I've actually had a a, a true conversation about what it's going to be like for them, you know, to go through the process of voting and how important it is in a sense. But I mean, they've heard me and my husband have conversations about different things. And, you know, my, my daughter's eight, my son is four. So he's not paying any of mine. So, but, <laughs> but, um, but she, she has, she has engaged a little bit and they do different things at school where I think she's, you know, she understands the process when they vote on different things, you know? Um, which I, you know, is different, but it's still the, just that idea of you are being heard when your teacher asks, hey, who wants recess or who wants, but that is the process of now, you know, exactly um, how your, or how your influence helped you achieve a certain goal that you wanted or whatever. So, um, so yeah, I feel bad now. I feel like I'm, I'm going to go have to have a conversation with her. <laughs> I'm about to go wake her up right now. Like, <laughs> Listen, need you need to know. <laughs> you have some time but listen uh, okay <laughs> Mom, I'm um, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> um for me because i because my kids are a little bit older i have a high schooler and a middle schooler so we've had discussions um in previous previous um presidential elections they had the opportunity to actually go with me down to to the ballots to you know watch me and go through that process so we talked about it a lot um my daughter she's like all for it because she's done the whole student council so she knows what voting is like vote for me and you know so she has these big ambitions when she grow older um my son he's kind of neutral but he understands like if I don't vote then that's my opportunity of not being heard mm. um especially particularly for him being a black boy so um he gets it he doesn't he's not on the more um I guess to say politically enthused as like my daughter is but he still understands like how it all works so I'm, I'm kind of excited to see and want to be there when he actually be able to make his first put and turn in that first voting ballot yeah. like yes you did it you know it's gonna be Post a moment to remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it <laughs> I know lots of military family members can't always vote in person a lot of times we you know we vote absentee but I actually think that's cool because then you get your ballot in the mail it's something that's like you can have at your kitchen table your kid can see it can feel it can uh, peer over your shoulder as you're doing your research and filling out right. the <laughs> try to give suggestions <laughs> like when they were young it was like my daughter be like oh just pick this person just pick this person like no that's not do you, you don't even know who this they have a funny like, name that's how it works. I like the name <laughs> like we're not doing ABCD like we're not doing that <laughs> well thanks for the tips it's good to know what to look forward to <laughs> I think Candace I think I was also eight years old when my school first had us in a classroom do like heads up seven up style voting yeah. for things oh, yeah. and I remember it was a presidential <laughs> election year and I you know I 
anonymously voted for the person I knew my mom had talked about. So I just figured, well, my mom's the smartest person in the world. This must be the obvious choice. <laughs> and at my school, when I saw the tally, I was one of only two people who had voted for this person compared to everyone else in my room. And I remember thinking, oh, you guys are stupid. Because <laughs> obviously, you're wrong. <laughs> no, but it was, a good, it was a good lesson in you. I mean, I think ultimately humility, like, oh, not everyone automatically sees the world that I see it. And if I did want to change their mind, I'd have to work a little bit harder to do so. So <laughs> good formative experience. <laughs> yeah. You know, and th- that's also a, a, a process to talk about as well, because I know, be, you know, when you're young, you're obviously around your parents, you hear your parents discuss certain things, you take on their beliefs, their, their policies, whatever, you know, you take on a lot of that. And I know for me, not that I like deviated, like, you know, like, completely from everything that they taught me but going to college obviously exposed me to a lot more people and many different types of people with many different beliefs who and I'm always open to conversations because even if I'm, I have a strong belief about something sometimes I learn from people who are you know completely on the other other side of me and I'm like but dang I never thought about it like that I don't know if I agree but I can understand you you know what I mean like I can understand right. you so that 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 was a process for me of it just just trying to figure out where do I stand when it comes to politics like you know like and honestly I don't even um I don't claim a party because I which that's a whole nother story but this is just because I've been like I want to you know I want to hear what the candidates have to offer what they're doing I, I don't so I try not to like just uh, say hey I'm voting this way I'm voting that way like I don't know it depends depends on who shows mm-hmm. up there <laughs> right. Who earns your vote? Who has more to offer for me? <laughs> <laughs> but um, speaking of tips, Sarah, what kind of resources or tools do you have that our listeners that you can leave our listeners with? Yeah. So if you are either a teen or the parent of a teen or the neighbor of a teen or <laughs> there's a teen in your life uh, connected to the military, you visit our website, please. www.militaryteenvoter org or com they'll both get you there on that web page we walk you through all the steps that it takes to vote and there's only four so it's pretty easy uh, and we've got all we link to all of the different forms and resources you might need from there it's all in one place uh, and hopefully it looks cool tell me if it doesn't <laughs> uh, if you want to take the next step uh, and get even more involved in uh, voting getting out the vote uh, election stuff Follow Secure Families Initiative on social media. We've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, We are going to be posting state-by-state election reminders all year. So that should take some of the onus off you to keep track of your respective deadlines. Uh, Plus, we we will be posting about bonus activities that you can get involved to help others vote as well. Uh, And then real quick, if it's okay, I did want to flag... I am uh, pregnant and going on parental leave later this year, which means SFI is hiring. We are looking for someone who can help basically cover parts of my job for a few months while I go focus on being a parent for the first time and figuring that out. So if if you happen to be uh, someone looking looking for work or this sounds like an organization you'd like to plug in with, um, go ahead and check out our website, securefamiliesinitiative.org. The job posting's on there. Would love to get um, just just meet some cool people that might be interested in, um, in helping us out. Well, um, and just for our listeners, so we had the pleasure of meeting Sarah um, back last June in D.C. 
um, at a networking event. So, and when I tell you from the moment we met her and told her about our podcast, she has been tuned in, um, always reaching out to us, supporting us. So I just want to say thank you, Sarah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for what you do. Like I said, I wouldn't have the patience to put a podcast together, but it's (laughs) always just for me, it comes out on my Monday morning. So it's always this bright start to my day or to my week really. And I've just, I've appreciated all the different topics you've touched on and all the people you've had on like the number of times I went and Googled the person's website right after just to stop them because they sounded cool. (laughs) It's a great resource and I appreciate you making it available to us. Thank you. And you know that we end our V episode with that affirmation. (laughs) So you are more than welcome to join in. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. I am enough. I am enough. I have the power to create the life I desire. I have the power to create the life I desire. I am worthy of my dreams. I am worthy of my dreams. I am worthy of my dreams. Thanks again, Sarah, for coming on. We really appreciate it. And remember, Shine says, you got this. You got this, girl.